I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to an all-new episode of Her Playbook, brought to you by CCNY, doing remarkable things. Learn more at ccny.cuny.edu. My name is Madeline Burke, and joined this week is the Vice President of Game Operations from the NFL, Stephanie Durante. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. It's such a treat to have you here in studio. Um, You do a lot of work with the league office, and I want you to explain, first of all, for our viewers and listeners out there who aren't quite sure what Game Operations means. What does your job entail? So it's a it's definitely a loaded question yeah. because it is a broad sort of scope. Um, at its core, we our role is to support all 32 clubs and ensure that competitive equity and integrity is upheld um, across across the board. Um, that's a very broad sort of Uh, way to describe it. Uh, We do that through policy compliance, education, training um, with all of our member clubs. Um, We have a game operations manual that is basically our foundational um, Bible, if you will, um, that we, we use to sort of set the ground rules for all teams. So that includes everything from what the visiting team can do the day before the sta- be- the day before the game in the stadium, um, it regulates pretty much everything that has to take place on game day. Sets minimum standards, tells the home team what they have to provide. Again, with the the underlying principles of competitive equity and integrity of the game, so it covers kind of a vast um, a vast set of policies that sort of touch both internal stakeholders and club stakeholders from many departments. We primarily work with broadcasting, PR, officiating, security, events on our internal side, football technology and IT. Um, And then on the club side, we work really closely with stadium operations, equipment managers, field managers, football operations, team travel, game presentation, and others. And so every policy that's in there sort of touches somebody in that space and sort of regulates what can or can't take place on game day. Um, so that's sort of, you know, that's our basis for everything that we do. Right. Um, and then we're responsible for support on game day. So we have both a football ops rep program that we run uh, through our department where we send somebody to every single game mm-hmm. from the preseason, regular season and postseason. We'll have at least one representative there, eyes, ears, boots on the ground, communication liaison, feeding us information. Um, And then we also operate what we call our GDOC, which is our Game Day Operations Center. It's based in our New York office. We're in a conference room with 14 TVs, 12 TVs. I can't remember because we keep 
every game modifying yeah. and upgrading. Yeah. Um, but we are that's sort of our centralized pulse point on game day, working really closely with officiating in the Art McNally Game Day Central, um, and Troy, Vincent, and team up in the what they call mission control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are sort of our three centers of gravity on game day. We're focused on all things that are not playing rules specific and more all of the operational elements around that. And logistics and stuff like that. I yes. mean, yours sounds like a bit of a mission control too setup yes, right there for as sure. well. Yes. Like, you know, eyes and ears on everything. And, you know, I'd imagine just in a regular season that's, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. But in a season like the one that we just had, like you look at the snowstorm in Buffalo and the team has to play their game in Detroit What's that process like of finding another venue and pulling it together, especially the week of a game? Yep. So for us, we we actually sort of have a weather service provider that we work with on a regular basis, um, and we are monitoring weather for everything. So not just major weather events like a blizzard or a hurricane, um, but also just you know throughout the week leading up to game day and on game day to make determinations about tarping fields and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then when it rises to the level of something like a blizzard, we have our contingency planning process. And so what we do throughout the season, it's sort of an ongoing process. We work with all of our stadiums to basically get their event schedule, see what availability they have, and we put them on hold uh, like a three to four stadiums per week on hold about 10 days out to say like, if we were to relocate a game, we are identifying these stadiums as our potential relocation sites so that they don't book any events. And so each week of the season, we have a number of stadiums that are on hold and available for us should we need to go somewhere else. Okay. Um, so we are sort of working really closely with the potential host stadiums, but also the affected clubs on what does that look like for them? What's the timing for the decision? What's the impact? You know, and public safety and, you know, the the area that's potentially impacted always sort of making sure that we're not taking resources away from them right. uh, just to host a football game. Right. Absolutely. Because there's a lot that goes into it. It's like having a, an emergency goalie essentially right there and, and having not just the stadium, but the appropriate hotels and all that kind of stuff Correct. as well. Um, you know, with not just weather, though. I mean, this season, too, we had a unique experience with DeMar Hamlin going down on Monday Night Football. And you guys had to rework a lot of potential if this, then that scenarios, I'd imagine that must have been a process. That for sure was a process. I think that was probably something that we've talked about, um, you know, in the what happens in a worst case scenario and, you know, making sure that we have, uh, you know, the ability to to make the right determination. We have a section in our game ops manual called the emergency and unfair acts, and it goes through what the authority of the referee is during the game, but then also the authority of the commissioner, um, which you know, talks through a suspension or a termination uh, of the game, a cancellation of a game, a postponement of a game, a relocation of a game. And so what those options might be. And so, you know, for something like that, that obviously rises to the level of our executive leadership team versus just a specifically a game operations decision. Um, And it's always the authority of the commissioner to make that determination. Um, But that was definitely one of, uh, you know, one of the most extreme situations that I've dealt with in the last 15 years, for sure. I can imagine. And just all the logistics that come into play. Um, what a unique job this is, you know, and 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 for somebody, you've, you've been in the league office for what, 16 years now? So I completed my 16th season. It'll be 16 full years in June. That's incredible. What mm-hmm. a journey. How did you how did you start on this path? How did you decide the NFL is a place that you wanted to bring your talents? 
So I will say this. Uh, I started at a very young age um, in this office. Well, not this one at the stadium. Um, <laughs> but so my my mother and my aunt both actually have worked at the Giants for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sort of, you know, was always around this business. Uh, my aunt works in the scouting department. And so I remember I was probably like 12 years old and like trying to do anything I could. So I was helping like alphabetize scouting reports and reading the scouting reports and just sort of, you know, not really understanding exactly what that was at the time, but, you know, enjoyed being around it. And then I actually stuffed season tickets uh, when I was starting at 14 years old, where I spent like uh, pretty much two weeks of the summer sitting in like a windowless room with a bunch of people who whom I some people I still talk to to this day, uh, literally taking a list of season ticket holders and a stack of, of tickets and making sure that they were getting their their season tickets. Uh, and then I was a certified safe sitter when I turned 16. Wow. And started doing childcare on game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then followed that with uh, interning in the ticket office. Uh, so I did that for a couple of summers in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then graduating college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was a marketing major. Yeah. Um, and so I actually just, I applied for a couple of jobs within the NFL just as a, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to necessarily just follow, you know, in my, in my mom's footsteps and come work at the Giants, yeah. not saying there was an opportunity there anyway, um, but wanted to do something a little bit different. I studied abroad in Rome my junior year of college, mm-hmm. loved it. Beautiful. Uh, recommend yeah. that for anyone. Yeah. Um, and uh, really enjoyed my time there. NFL Europe was still active at that time. So okay. I was like, oh, what a great way to pair like football and my love for traveling. So I was like, I should do that. There was nothing available and open. Um, I applied for a job in the player development department. I didn't get it. Um, And then the HR department reached out and said there was an assistant in game operations available. Did I want to apply for it? To which I said to my mom, I don't know what game operations is. And she was like, who cares? It's a job. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, And I applied for the job. And honestly, like for me, Thinking back, I was so young. I was 22 years old. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It was the best entry-level job that I could have asked for. The people that I worked with at the time were amazing. It was like a small family, and it kind of allowed me to sort of learn and understand at, you know, at the base level um, and, you know, really just sort of learn and understand more about operations. And I kind of learned that I really – do enjoy it and like it. Yeah. Um, my first boss was Tim Davey, um, who, if anyone sees me on a Zoom call, you will see his jersey behind me. He passed away and he works, he had worked for the Jets before he came to the NFL. So yeah. uh, I have a Jets jersey hanging in my uh, on my wall. And ever since we started doing Zoom calls, everyone's like, why is there a Jets jersey on your wall? And I'm like, I support all 32 equally. Right. This is my former boss. Right. Um, but when when I started, he was the director of game operations and um, he did not have a computer at the time. So I quite literally did everything for him. Wow. Uh, but in doing so, I learned so much and so fast. I so. can imagine. Yeah. Well, and, and your path too, I mean, just growing up around it and just seeing so many different avenues in which one can work in 
football and sport in, in all of this. And I think that's one of the reasons too, that we, you know, put this podcast on is to remind people that there are so many different avenues and so many different ways to work around football, work around the sport that, that people know and love. And especially for women too, there, you know, when you looked around and you saw, you know, your aunt in the scouting department, you saw your mother in this organization, you see a lot of women in these positions that you're like, huh, that's something that would be possible for me too. I mean, how important was that representation for you growing up? I think I think it was important. I do very specifically remember looking down the offices and seeing all of the men in the office and all of the women outside the cubicle. Um, you know, and looking back, you realize all of those people were running it. Like right. they were the ones doing everything. They're, you know, they truly weren't just administrative assistants. They really were kind of paving the way for others, I think truly. So, um but yeah, I think for sure, like being around this and and really it was the female role models for me that were working in this industry. So um, it wasn't always like a thing in my mind necessarily that like, you know, that uh, it would be odd or different for a woman yeah. to work in this field. Yeah, because you're like, oh, see, everything is possible yeah. and, and being around it so much and growing up with it. I, I just still love the fact that you were like, what is game ops? And now 16 years later, you're, you know, the VP of the department and you're like, oh, I figured it out. Yes. Um, <laughs> obviously more than figured it out. Um, but when you look at, you know, the department as a whole and how much you've grown in this part of the career, I mean, you mentioned your love for travel, a lot of it domestically, I, I can imagine, but with the NFL expanding internationally so much too, that's kind of a great way to tie it all in. Yeah. Uh, so this year we had our first game in Munich, Germany. Right. Uh, and that was a, that was a really good experience. It was the, you know, we, we've been doing the London game since 2007. Um, and so that one's pretty well established. So mm -hmm. it was fun to work on a new project going into a new market. You know, there are cultural differences, but they were so excited to have a game there. I mean, it was the energy was amazing. There was a lot of work we had to do. We had to retrofit a lot of things in the stadium to make it work because it was a soccer stadium. Um, but it was a fun project to work on, felt rewarding. Um, you know, the teams were excited. I think they enjoyed their time there. I think the, um, you know, continuing into new markets is exciting. And, and again, like things are always evolving and changing and that's what keeps our role and our job fresh and, and new and different and, yeah. uh, you know, adds, you know, places where you can sort of grow and develop and sort of get involved in other things. So, yeah, I mean, that's got to be so cool, though. You mentioned too, like just the, the international element and the cultural differences and stuff like that. You know, you mentioned how London is such a well-oiled machine, but then going into Germany, what was the biggest not hurdle, but like difference in that planning process? What's the most memorable part of putting that together for you? One of the things that we, you know, there was a lot of differences, um, one of which was it was a soccer stadium, first and foremost. Uh, so we had to, you know, we had to basically extend the field and make it regulation length for us. Again, game operations policy tells you yeah. that uh, you have to have 15 feet from the inbounds line in the back of the end zone to the field wall, and okay. there has to be field wall padding. Um, so working with the stadium, our international team, the stadium operations folks on what that plan would look like um, to make sure that, you know, we we didn't have a ton of time for planning this one, um, but making sure that we had all of the steps and, and the right, you know, the right pieces in place to make sure that 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 took place um, and was ready to go for 
for game day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be cool too. And and just kind of interacting with a lot of the people over there and and, and traveling abroad and all that. What is your favorite, um, you know, when you look back at your time so far with the NFL, is there a moment that you feel like, wow, this is why I do it? Is there, is there something that you think sticks out of like this memory of what I have done in this league has been part of the reason that I do this show? I think, uh, likely I would say, my most special memory is probably there's probably there's probably a couple and yeah. I'll probably for you know there's there's been a lot over the years I'm, I can imagine um, <laughs> but you know working Super Bowl uh, our responsibility is we have a team of people that support the participating team operations you know we don't know who the teams are going to be so our department takes on in in um, partnership with the events team uh, takes on the planning mm-hmm. for everything for Super Bowl so. Practice, uh, site location, selection, and outfitting that in preparation for the game. Um, the team hotel selection, their friends and family hotel selection, stadium operations. You know, we go into the stadium and we take a look at it from our perspective where we're trying to have, you know, to make sure that this is a neutral site game and we're, we're balancing out sort of all of these pieces to give a truly equitable experience for both teams. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we plan for 18 months, two years, whatever the runway is um, for those games. And, you know, and then we, you know, we kind of pass off the operational plans to the two participating teams and then we kind of support them throughout the process. And I think, you know, one of the more rewarding experiences is, you know, sort of seeing that team that won Mm -hmm. and how excited they are and that energy and feeling like, you know, it's a small part. That's not why they won, but it's a small part in making their experience as seamless as possible, as, you know, as close to a regular road game for them as possible. Um, And so I feel like that's uh, fairly rewarding. The other memory for me that that is somewhat rewarding and also kind of it was the COVID experience. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the most challenging times in my career. Uh, the demands of the job were different. Um, but the sort of the directive was clear, right? We were playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, very clear was we're playing football. It's going to be on television. And, you know, so that was really like the priority, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, you know, and there was a core group of people that were just, working nonstop. Um, and so that season, you know, towards the end of that season was pretty rewarding because I don't think many people thought we were going to make it through. Well, and it's so unique too, because I I mean, I remember going through that process and being at the stadium when it was just empty, it was such a unique experience, but then watching it on TV and seeing the way that it unfolded and still having that fan experience available to people who were at home or, you know, it was a tough time for everyone then. Mm -hmm. And being able to bring, joy because so often, you know, people come together through sport, you know, when things are rough and it's like, well, at least we've got my team is doing well and I can support them on Sundays. And, you know, week in and week out, that's just got to be such, you know, a grind, but also having that light of like, this is why we're doing it for these fans for this and and seeing it translate so well. Did it translate better than you expected it to? I think that it was so unprecedented that like when we were first having conversations, like I couldn't even fathom what that would be, what it would look like. And, you know, people came together and made it work. And that, you know, made you feel like you were a part of something. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. 
So lots of lots of stuff going into this role of yours with the NFL. But, you know, as a growing up in the world of sport, did you play sports growing up? I did. So I did gymnastics when I was uh, basically from five to 12 okay. uh, competitively for a little bit until I um, gracefully quit because I was scared and too tall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same. Yeah. And uh, and then I played softball Um throughout almost all of high school and field hockey mm-hmm. in high school and in college. Okay. So. I love that. I love that. Um, what was your biggest fandom sport, like when you were growing up watching? Um, so I loved basketball when Michael Jordan was was uh, in the NBA. He was oh, yeah. uh, one of my idols. Heard of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also, I loved football. Uh, fun fact. In fourth grade, still have my yearbook from fourth grade, and when they asked us what we wanted to be when we grew up, I said I wanted to be the first female football player for the New York Giants. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Probably because I was obsessed with Icebox from the Little Giants, but... Yes. Yeah. We talk a little bit about how your role pertains to the regular season as well, but there's so much that goes in the world of NFL in the offseason, right? I mean, we just wrapped up with the Super Bowl. What a spectacle. Congratulations to the Chiefs on that one. Um But now it's the pre-draft process. Now we've got the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. When you look at the Combine and and what that does and brings essentially the whole league together in Indianapolis, what goes into planning that? So for us specifically, there really is no off-season. We like to call it the non-football season. Yeah. Um, And it really starts sort of the cyclical process for us specifically on planning for next season. So Right after Super Bowl, we start thinking through what our plans are for competition committee planning and what we want to bring to the table in terms of any changes, modifications, anything new coming online. Um, And so we're prepping for that. We have those meetings at the Combine. Uh, We also meet with the video directors committee at the Combine. Um, And all of the video directors, again, sort of talking about recapping the season, what new things we want to see on the horizon, what we want to put in front of the competition committee. Again, we meet with our we have an informal group that we call our game ops admin group. And so it's, you know, varying uh, departments across the clubs, but mostly on the football side, whether it's football administration, team travel, football operations um, to try and hit on some of those groups that we maybe don't talk to. Um, all the time throughout the season, but mm-hmm. to try and get some feedback from them as well as we start again looking ahead to planning um, for all of uh, all of the meetings that are going to take place before the start of the next season. Yeah. Um, so for us at Combine, we're meeting with those groups. We're meeting with the competition committee, and then we'll do uh, our our greater football ops department puts on the women's forum there. Okay. Um, and then. I'll do um, a roundtable session with them. And for you know fans and listeners, what is the Women's Forum? So the Women's Forum is a program that's run through our football strategy group um, and pipeline development group. They are bringing in women from college, high school football, other sort of similar industries, and bring them, give them an opportunity to come in and learn more about women in the NFL, what opportunities there are, sort of a networking event. Um, So they do a number of different programming uh, pieces. Jane Goodell will speak to the group. There will be a number of coaches uh, that come and speak to them. Um, There's league executives that will also speak with them. And then there's a networking component sort of helping them get to know who the right people are um, as they look to progress um, either to the NFL or to a club. 
And and that's just great to see, you know, more opportunities, more representation, more women helping women and stuff, especially I'd imagine in your 16 seasons there, you've seen so many more women in this league than, than when you started. For sure. Um, you know, in our department specifically, our senior leadership team has three SVPs on our, our, our leadership team. So um, there is a, there are a lot of females in um, in our uh, specifically in football operations. Um, there are a number of women in our department. Maybe it wasn't always that way. Yeah. Um, but even in game operations, um, we have four or five full-time women in our group. So yeah, yeah, it's it's constantly uh, evolving and there's a lot of women that work in operations. And ideally we'll get to the place where we aren't counting how many women are there. That's just, wow, there's a lot of talented people in this department. Correct. And I think it's you know evolving and growing towards that way. But when you look at some of the younger generations coming up who might want to do something similar to what you do, or maybe even back to your younger self, what advice would you give to, you know, 22-year-old Stephanie applying for this job at the first place? I definitely need more advice than the 22-year-olds today. I can tell you that. I was not prepared. Um, But the advice I would give to them and to my former self um, is to get involved now. Yeah. Things that you can do today to help you for later on, whether that's high school football, college football, other college sports, looking at other leagues – Start building relationships today. Don't just set your sights on the NFL because everyone's path is going to be different. Timing's going to be different for everybody. The opportunities are are hard. You know that it's, it's tough to get an opportunity in the NFL all the time. Um, so anything you can do today to start meeting people, you never know who's going to end up being right. in a, a position of you know has an open has an open position, ends up in the NFL, ends up at a club, you never know. So, you know, putting in the time and the dedication and having a passion for the game and meeting those people today will help you down the line. Um, And, you know, I worked in the ticket office, but I didn't do anything at, you know, my college didn't have football anyway, but I was playing a sport, but I didn't necessarily volunteer and do game operations for basketball or something like that, that, Mm -hmm you know, gives you sort of that exposure um, at a time where there's there's less pressure and you can volunteer your time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is really important. And the other thing that I like to share with anyone that wants to talk to me, um, I usually am very transparent and honest with them, but I always tell them it's not just a career, it's a lifestyle. Yes. You have to want to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. There's non-traditional working hours. You're working weekends. You're working holidays. You're missing out on opportunities to hang out with friends. I'd say I barely have friends outside <laughs> the outside my office at this point. Um, you know, it's it is a true commitment. And if you don't truly have passion for the sport or operations or something else within the field, um, you know that that'll come through because it, you know, you truly have to have the dedication and the commitment. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a Monday through Friday, nine to five role because, you know, football is always happening, even in non-football season, as you call it as well. And I do like the perspective too. Life is long. You know, people always say life is short, but life is long and you never know when you're going to reconnect with people that you've, you've known and met along the way. So 
great advice um, for the next generation coming up. But also, you know, thank you for sharing your story here yeah, and I and your do. journey and um, and wishing you continued success in this, thank you in this role. Much. And uh, Stephanie Durante, the VP of Game Operations for the NFL, joins us on this episode of Her Playbook brought to you by CCNY, doing remarkable things. Learn more at ccny.cuny.edu. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Stephanie, thank you so much thank for your you. time. I'm Madeline Burke. We'll see you next time. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.